party for too long. A party I didn't want to be at in the first place. You know the feeling when you go out to a bar with a group of friends and one person says, after party at my place, and you really don't want to go, but your best friend you shared a ride with wants to go, and you don't want to leave her very drunk by herself? Honestly, it happens way too often for my liking. But isn't that what being young in college is for? Partying? It had reached the point in the party where the beer pong table was sticky, red solo cups were scattered sideways, empty bottles littered the counters, and at least one person was asleep on the couch, while two people made out beside them. I placed my empty cup on the top of the mountain of empty beer boxes and went looking for Casey. I found her laughing on the floor in a small circle of people with playing cards scattered around. (laughs) Hey, Case, I think it's time we head out. Emmy, come play with us. I think I'm finally winning Uno. She threw a jack and queen of hearts in the center of the circle and screamed with delight, chugging whatever concoction was still in her cup. They clearly weren't playing Uno. I grabbed the cup out of her hand and her lips turned down in a puppy dog pout. We've been out long enough. I'm going to call a car. Please, Em, one more round. She reached out for the cup in my hand and fell over, spilling her cards. Promise I'll go after. She picked up her cards haphazardly, ripping one in the process. I rolled my eyes at this sloppy scene. Fine, I'll be back in five. You better be ready. I needed a quick cigarette and fresh air that didn't smell like stale beer. There was a small balcony attached to the kitchen area, but as I looked out the glass doors, I saw a crowd jumping around, dancing to the electronica beats. Downstairs was my only choice. This apartment building was four stories tall, sandwiched between two other buildings. The street was abandoned, except the loud thumping of the balcony party above me. A beer can flew down, just missing me and I moved underneath the balconies to shield myself from any more falling debris. What time was it anyway? I checked my phone, and the depleted red battery bar laughed at me as it warned of 2% left. We'd have to use Casey's phone to call a car if she didn't lose it during the night with all the sloppy drinking. I took my Newports out of my back pocket, grabbed the one next to my Lucky, and put the box back. My lighter gave me trouble, and I cupped my hands over the flame to get it to hold on long enough to catch the tip. Sweet victory as the embers glowed. 
I inhaled and leaned back against the brick wall. The sky was clear tonight, and I could see Orion's belt glittering above the buildings across the street. It mesmerized me as I tuned out the balcony party and sucked in the sweet nicotine. Suddenly my head hurt. An insane, mind-splitting headache came out of nowhere. My cigarette fell out of my hand, littering the concrete with ash as I crippled forward, clutching my skull. When I looked up again, the pain was gone. A dark figure loomed across the street. The air was heavy as the mysterious person stared at me. Just as quickly as I saw them, they turned away, heading down the alley between the buildings. My gut told me they were responsible for the pain I felt, and it urged me to follow. Hey, wait! I shouted, crossing the street. I ran to the end of the alley, but the person was nowhere in sight. I realized I couldn't hear the balcony party's bass thumping anymore. Surely I'd be able to hear it still. Yet I couldn't hear anything, not even the humming of AC units or distant traffic. The silence made me uneasy. I went back to the main street and looked at the balcony where the party had been. No one was up there, and all the lights had been turned off. I guess the party had ended. Hopefully Casey would finally want to leave. I looked at the entrance to the building. The black-shadowed figure entered quickly. I grabbed my phone out of my pocket to text Casey, but the screen was blank. It finally ran out of juice. The door remained propped open, so I didn't need to be buzzed back in. I pushed the elevator button, but nothing lit up. I pushed it again. Maybe the light was out. I waited a few moments and then pressed my ear to the door. No cables or machinery were moving at all. I wandered around the lobby, looking for stairs. The lights seemed dimmer than they did before, but maybe my eyes adjusted poorly coming inside. Door after door lined the hallway, but there were no signs labeled stairway. At the other end, a black-shoed foot slipped behind a door that closed promptly. I ran to catch up to it. A small placard said stairwell. Were they going to the same place I was? This building had to have at least 30 apartments scattered within. The chances were just too small. But the dread in the air that lingered left me without a doubt that they would be going anywhere else. A thump echoed from above as I entered the stairwell. If they were heading to the fourth floor as well, they did so quickly. By the time I made it up to the top landing, there was still no sign of the shadowed figure. The fourth floor seemed just as empty as the first. Outside the apartment door, I couldn't hear any music or voices. The party was definitely over. I walked in and all the lights were off. A street light from outside the windows cast a warm, shadowed light across the apartment. It was empty. I checked the kitchen. Empty. The bedrooms? Empty. No one lived here. Maybe I was in the wrong apartment. I needed to check the number on the door again. When I walked back into the living room, the dark figure stood in front of the balcony door. Did you do this? Where is everybody? Confusion engulfed me. I still couldn't make out what they looked like. They had no discernible features. My palms started to sweat and I became hot. I felt the air being sucked out of the room. They didn't answer my questions and walked out onto the balcony. Stop running away! Come back! 
At least now I had them trapped. There was nowhere to go from the balcony. When I stumbled onto the balcony, the pain in my head returned. The figure was gone. A rumble started at my feet. I turned to go back inside, but the door was closed. Behind the glass staring at me was the shadow figure. I jiggled the doorknob and it wouldn't open. The balcony shook violently, ready to fall down. Help! Please! I pounded on the glass as the figure faded away into the darkness of the apartment. I screamed as the balcony gave way, and I crashed down with it. I opened my eyes to red and blue lights flashing everywhere. I was standing beside the wreckage and looked down at my body in surprise. There wasn't a scratch on me. Scattered around the towering pile of rubble were emergency vehicles and officers. Firefighters were digging through the debris, and policemen were walking around with flashlights. I approached one taking notes on a small pad. Officer, was there an earthquake? I was up there, and everything started shaking, and now I'm down here. I don't know how, but... The officer kept taking notes and didn't bother looking up. Hey, hello? I waved my hand in front of him. No reaction. I ran over to another officer. Hi, I was up there, and... He walked away from me without even a glance. This had to be a joke. I looked up, and metal rods were sticking out where the balconies had been on the second, third, and fourth floors. All had collapsed down to the ground into a concrete pile. The apartment I had been in was full of partygoers looking out the window as a fireman ushered them back from the edge of the gaping door. That can't be right. I was just up there, and the apartment was empty. The lights of every apartment were on with the bystanders looking out their windows. There wasn't any vacant apartments. It didn't make sense. We've got one! A firefighter yelled from the rubble. I followed his call to see what they were looking at. An arm stuck out of the rubble. A cigarette between the fingers. My fingers. No! No! I stumbled backwards, tripping on the debris. Balcony collapsed on Monroe Street. One casualty, I heard an officer saying into his radio. The headache returned as I looked up at Orion's belt. My last memory came back. I heard a rumble as I smoked the cigarette, looking at those stars. A split second of head pain greeted me with an unfathomable weight from above. Then darkness engulfed me. The black figure appeared beside me. This time, I could make out their features. They wore a hooded cloak around a black hole where their face should be. Instead of fear this time, I felt welcomed. A wispy arm appeared from under the cloak, reaching towards me. I took its hand, gladly. We hope you enjoyed this spine-chilling story. For now you're stuck in strange territory. Wherever you go, the bizarre will follow through mysterious fog and eerie hollows. You 
behind brick and mortar when you're lost within the spooky quarter. The Spooky Quarter features narrator Megan Daniels, story host Johnny McCone, and story editing by Melanie Daniels. A Quick Cigarette was written by Megan Daniels.